This is Rob Thompson. You're listening to Sports Biz Podcast interview with influencers. Today's guest is Nick Longworth. He is the founder of Sports Tech Fan Engagement Symposiums and has a lot of great things to say about the emergence of technology, big data, and how it applies to performance and fan engagement. So listen up. Thanks for joining me. It's definitely all you, and we're starting now. So, Nick Longworth, man, it's it's great to meet you. Great to talk to you, and um, I thank you so much for being on my show. And so, this is kind of a conversation about you, your story, what you're doing now, advice that you give to you know uppercomers or people in the industry that are pivoting, but really yeah. a great perspective on you know, what you're doing in this space, especially with, with, with data and everybody's talking about big data right now. So the floor yeah. is yours, sir. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's great to be connected, Rob. You know, I really appreciate your time and, um, and it's, you know, it, it's very flattering and, you know, I'm very humbled to, uh, to be able to kind of share my story. I, I suppose in a lot of ways, um, you know, I've been running conferences for about 10 years. You know, I, I did uh, uh, life sciences, biochemistry, and then I, got into student events and I was fortunate enough to run uh, Europe's biggest private party. It was 7,000 people when I was about 20. And, wow. uh, and I came out of that and I did conferences for a while. And, you know, it's exciting. It was life science conferences and you're dealing with these really top executive people. Um, and, you know, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting subject. And, um, but then I found I got really into sport and uh, I really enjoy my uh, long distance ultra endurance events. Um, you know, the, the race to Istanbul and, I'm training for a, a race across America qualifier this year. And I, I, you know, I took some time out and I, I went coaching in New Zealand in the velodrome. And, and what really struck me was I started a blog about um, uh, uh, cycling science. And I was really interested, you know, as a, as a scientist, I suppose, or trained as a scientist, um, to look at what people were saying in the media about performance and data. And then, you know, what was the science behind it and try and build up a, a really kind of, easy blog for people to read. And uh, I found, you know, in a year, we got like quarter of a million views. And, um, and it, it was really, I was really interested in it. And I, I felt there was a, a big area there for um, talking about data and how you use data to improve performance and all that kind of science behind it. But then how you connect that with in building engaging content for fans. And uh, I've never really kind of followed football too much um you know i'm a big cycling fan and you know i like rugby and stuff like that and i thought you know i looked at the mit sloan sports analytics event and i, I thought in europe you know we should have something like that and you know not just look at the premier league although you know some really good examples from that but look at you know how all the different ways sports have been disrupted i mean you look at the olympics now with speed climbing and surfing and and you know these ott platforms it's just allowing all these kind of niche if i call it niche but you know red bull cliff diving is a great example you know there's so many people are engaged with sports and and, and how they do it and what i think is really interesting is as these different you know niche sports grow they're trying different formulas to engage with fans using data using insight you know formula e is a classic example and um anyway but we ran this event in in london the last couple of years I, I did it in combination with my job and uh it, it, you know it's difficult but you know you meet some really interesting people you know people i've always wanted to meet 
And um, and we had a really good success. We've done it for the last couple of years. And now we're bringing it out to San Francisco in uh, two weeks' time. And, you know, it's going to be like, I think we literally just launched it um, six months ago. And we're going to be, I think, the biggest West Coast dedicated sports conference out there. Um, you know, certainly on data and, you know, looking at performance. We've got Dallas Cowboys and obviously – you know, all the conversations around uh, content, you know, NASCAR and Showtime. And uh, it's really interesting. Anyway, I mean, um, I suppose I should mention in, in my spare time, I, I do some stuff on uh, – I actually do space physiology as a master's because um, I'm really interested in how you improve performance and, you know, work with astronauts and stuff. And eventually I want to kind of get into the stage where I'm working with a, a really interesting brand, you know, uh, I don't know, Red Bull or something like that. And looking at how you're going to engage fans, you know, I've spent some time in Asia and worked in Asia, and, and you know, and I, I think a global perspective is is really interesting. And yeah, so yeah, that's part of my story, anyway. Well, you are, you are officially the most interesting man in the world, so you've taken the title. <laughs> just, just a lot of uh, distractions and uh, a lot of lot of interest. You know, you just um, if you really want something, you just go for it. So uh, a lot of work, but you know. I love it. So, uh, yeah, it's great. So, so talk a little bit more about the, um, the summit. So you mm. mentioned a couple of people from different organizations, the Cowboys and HBO, but so who specifically is going to be there and what's the main focus? Yeah. So, um, the conference is, uh, called the sports performance data and fan engagement conference. And we were going to think of a really snazzy title for this series years ago, but <laughs> But we, we really wanted to do it exactly what it was. And, and basically, um, it is looking at uh, performance. It's got two sets of audiences, can you say. Um, so one looking at performance. And we've got, I mean, like sports director of Team Sunweb, you know, win the Giro d'Italia, the Dallas Cowboys with US track and field. Um, we've got Fitbit. And, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, Red Bull and stuff, really interesting people. On one side, looking at performance, looking at how you can use tools like catapult or you know all these different brands to look at how you can improve performance within the team and all those margins and obviously it's really interesting with the winter games coming up um you know all those kinds of conversations um, and then on the other side of the room the, the other stream we have people looking at fan engagement you know people are looking at digital content and how you're creating really interesting digital messages so we've got everyone from nascar to Boston Red Sox to um, WWE. I mean, we have like 180 speakers across the agenda. It's, it's huge. I mean, we're talking about the scale of MIT here. You know, they're, they're, I think it's 240 they have. So, you know, of that scale. And I think it's really interesting, really, really interesting to have those two audiences together. We have this plenary stream that looks at um, your topics like biometric data. And so essentially, I, I kind of see the two topics kind of merging. And um, we had a really fascinating talk um, uh, in London in May when we ran the summit in May. And we had the head of performance for Scottish rugby, who have done really well in, in rugby. You know, they've got to the semifinals of the World Cup. And he was looking at all the different storytelling that you can do around performance, you know, looking at the teams. And he was doing it from a coaching point of view. But he was saying, you know, what are fans really interested in? And obviously... You know, I'm telling, you know, to an American audience that they're very used to, you know, NFL and the way they do it. And, you know, that, that's been going on for years. And obviously that will continue to develop. But over when we started this event in Europe, you don't really have anything. I mean, yes, you have a little bit of Premier League, but, you know, Tour de France, you have a million people that watch Tour de France. I'm talking to Le Mans, you know, mm -hmm. and you have millions of people do it. So what we wanted to do was, yes, we wanted to bring it to the US, but we wanted to bring perspectives from 
the America's Cup or or world surfing, you know, um, and and you know, put all those people in a room and see what conversations come out. You know, we look at um, there's so much press about esports at the moment and how they're disrupting the industry. And I think, you know, so many people go to sports conferences if they're involved in, in football or something like that and learn from other teams. And that's great. You know, people are doing really interesting stuff. But I think sometimes it's really good to kind of sit back and kind of go, oh, whoa, you know, World Surfing. I, th- I read some figure that World Surf League, one of their events, had more viewers online than the Stanley Cup final. And, mm. you know, they, they don't get any kind of real mainstream TV or certainly haven't for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think that's really interesting. And I think the way that do it, and you look at new formats of sport. I was just talking to British Rowing, um, and they have been doing a big push on indoor rowing as a competition. And, uh, and you know, that really kind of shows that they're real kind of, really up for kind of, you know, people, you have to kind of fit with people's lifestyle and the way they consume media and, and, you know, fitness and stuff like that. And I think it's a good message for everyone involved in the room. So yeah, in a lot of ways that, that I suppose that kind of answers your question, but yeah. I, I, this is not a question. This is just a viewpoint. When I, when I lived over in England back in 90, 91, we used to watch on Sky Network, we would watch this competition of indoor windsurfing. Yeah, and yeah. You remember that? It was like a pool was out of this massive indoor pool in a warehouse that was maybe three feet deep. And they put these huge industrial fans on each side of this massive pool and they just windsurf in, in some warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cra- I mean, crazy. Yeah. So- and it's just all these different ways that people like sport. I mean, you look at darts over here. I don't know if, if you in the States follow yeah. darts. I mean, darts. You know, I watched it 10 years ago or 20 years ago and, um, you know, with bullseye and, you know, people used to watch it late at night and all that kind of stuff. Now, I mean, Prince Harry went to darts and um, mm-hmm. went to a darts competition and, and, you know, that, you know, their, their fan base is huge and it's really diversifying, you know, kind of way. Um, and I think there's a lot of kind of stories there that people don't usually listen to at, you know, MIT is amazing. You know, it's three and a half hours people. It's huge, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think this is a real interesting opportunity just to hear from different perspectives. Um, and, you know, you never know. You might get the, you know, next golden ticket or something like that. It's really, really interesting stories. Yeah. I, I know this is putting a little bit of the cart before the horse, but and, and just your perspective on the difference between where the analytical side of the business is from Europe to here in the States. What have you seen the differences to, you know, so far? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a tricky question. So the US are very, for a long time, they've been used to stats and, you know, passes thrown and, you know, the NFL kind of culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of trickles down into a lot of different sports, you know, obviously NHL and all that kind of stuff. And in Europe, we don't really, or we haven't really had that for a long time. And um, yes, we do have some stuff on the Premier League and, you know, we have these kind of big, um, uh, TV programs and stuff that, you know, analyze what's going on. Um, but that's fairly new. You know, I, I'm looking at more kind of, you know, like, again, like the Tour de France or something. I hate to go back to it, but, you know, I, I watch a lot. And I kind of you have to kind of explain what's going on to people and, uh, you know, what, you know, why that certain strategy or, you know, tactic works. And um, people are getting better about communicating on TV. But if you can find platforms, a way of communicating that insight to people, I think that's really interesting. And again, you know, we are, we're sitting on both sides here. We're sitting on the performance side. Obviously they can use this insight to, 
you know, improve team performance. Um, you know, catapult, you know, all started because uh, the Olympic, uh, not the Olympic Games, I think it was Sydney Games. They didn't get enough gold medals, the Australians. So they set up this company called Gatapult, which was a spin-off from Sydney University or something. And now you've got it in, you know, um, rugby players in the back of them, you know, on their shirts to track them. And I think the next stage of this now is um, looking at amateur sports um, and looking at how, um, well, now that people have kind of customized the data, is looking at how people consume data around that. Um, and Caspot are moving into it with, with you know, an amateur branch. Um, but, you know, I can see... I could see wearables becoming almost like a service, and um, mm-hmm. because you know we've we've kind of peaked a lot in terms of the consumer interest wearable. You know, it was a big buzz about wearables, whatever, twelve months, two years ago, or something like that. And now it's kind of you know filtering down a little bit. Everyone's talking about the next stage, and I I think I think it should be more of a kind of service consumers. So. We were talking earlier before we came online about um, uh, Facebook and how um, influencers will come, you know, a bigger thing and, you know, people drive that content rather than kind of companies. Now, if you could have it so that players and, you know, you look at the uh, WHOOP um, uh, uh, agreements, you know, with the, the players had rights to their own kind of data, that there's a whole industry there about building data around players or individual players. And all right, some of the big kind of leagues and stuff will be, you know, some of the Premier League and stuff, but that will be, you know, there'll be certain restrictions and stuff like that, you know, players, contracts and stuff like that. But you, again, you look at these kind of emerging sports and stuff like that, really just want to get out there and get that interest and that following. Um, and I think that's a real right, you know, thing. I, I look at some of the extreme sports and stuff like that. I mean, I suppose, I suppose I'm really just kind of a mix of kind of loads of interest, but I definitely think, um, people are getting more and more into um, kind of these niche forces, uh, force, uh, uh, sports and uh, and the way that they're generating content and data is really interesting and it should be that conversation with the more traditional sports. So do you think some of these peripheral sports or these second, third, fourth tier sports are taking away from the attention of some of the mainstream sports or do you think that's just a good thing? So it's not like you have to compete against rowing if you're – you know, premier soccer. However, knowing that the people are still consuming rowing, is it the, I guess, I guess the question would be, it's more about the platform that they're watching it, not necessarily the sport. I don't even yeah. know if that's an actual question. <laughs> Tricky way to put it, isn't it? I, I think basically yeah. people only have so much time you know, for sports right. and stuff like that. And, and, you know, and yes, people will follow lots of different sports and pick it. You know, I've followed loads of different right. sports. You know, I might only get involved in one. And I think the thing is, is that I saw some stat that the NFL, 9% or something on TV broadcasts. And all right, there's this conversation here about moving over to OTT platforms and digital and stuff like that. But I think what's, what the issue is when you start moving over to digital platforms is there's a lot more opportunity to spend your time watching an uh, esports game, you know, World of, you know, StarCraft or something like that on, on Korea, rather than kind of necessarily finding your source of entertainment on the TV, which is only going to broadcast, you know, the footballs or the NFLs or something. And I think, you know, more and more it will come into these flagship events. And and then again, you know, this conversation of how do you build a following over the year? If, yes, you're still top of the game with your flagship event, you know, Le Mans or something like that, but they've got a series all year is how do you continue that engagement? And again, that's another way of digital stuff. So I, I suppose to come back to your question a little bit, I suppose it's just a matter of these kind of leagues and associations. You have it a little bit, in, you have it big in the US about these sports and entertainment groups, and they have a portfolio of different companies. I think inevitably that's 
I don't think you really have it in the in the UK very much, but it will certainly kind of be the way that you're doing is, is that you would have to kind of diversify your portfolio a little bit and kind of really kind of say, right, I'm going to work in endurance sports. Okay, well, let's diversify it a little bit and you know, pick a bit of cycling and that kind of stuff and maybe build a platform that's um, uh, builds content around that and people that are really into that kind of sport. So, um, yeah. I think you said something before, um, which I, I thought was pretty interesting about data and mm. how stat, well, you, you mentioned the word stat. So stats and American football and some of the mainstream American sports is really driven by fantasy, right? I mean, everybody loves stats and people wake up in the morning. If you're a baseball fan, you're following the stats, whether it's online, you want to see what the batting average is and all that. And I know that's a cultural American thing. Where yeah. do you where do you see it going internationally with platforms like FanDuel and DraftKings? Is that something that an international market do you think will embrace? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a very interesting point. We've kind of dibble, uh, dabbled in it a little bit um, just because there's been so many different sports to work with. But we want to kind of build it out a lot more in terms of our conferences. Certainly a lot of them have uh, came down and joined us um, about the fantasy sports. Um, yeah, I mean, I think internationally people people love stats and they love information. I mean, if I can be so bold as to compare it to some of the Bitcoin kind of stuff. You know, I've talked to a few people in the last couple of days that have invested in Bitcoin or something like that. And they've been tracking what this Bitcoin does, you know, during time and then kind of seeing, oh, well, where can I get in? And these people have no uh, history of investing in anything. They're just very interested in, all right, making money, but also the stats and moving everything. So I think culturally it's it's it can be picked up in a lot of different places. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of different people. It's just what it is, is just finding a, a sport that, people can relate to and have an interest in um and i think that you know there's a lot of you know sports that are kind of right to you know and again you you know when you say global you look at markets like in asia and stuff like that we have the one championship and their ceo of international group um doing a, a very exclusive workshop in our san francisco conference um and their franchise has grown in i mean it's like six years to the biggest asian sports franchise like it's ridiculous. Like a billion people watch it. It's the MMA, um, and you know it's a real competitor to like UFC and stuff like that. Um, and you look at all these kind of different sports and stuff. And if you could um, professionalize, you know, or, or you know, kind of uh, package a lot of these kind of um, sports in in regions like you know Indonesia or you know, uh, you know I don't know Vietnam or something like that, I think you could build a really interesting um, uh, mess about that. I had a really interesting conversation the other day with someone um, that was looking at uh, marathons in China um, and then people, you know, adopting like wearables and Fitbits because they, you know, they like all that digital interface stuff, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and people were, were looking at, again, at data um, and how people were very interested about because they've you know, grown up now with you know, digital interfaces and stuff like that. And, but we're getting more into fitness and stuff like that because obviously you've got an expanding middle, um, middle class um, in places like China and, and India will be huge. I mean, some of the growth in India is you know, because people are getting more into sports and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of fantasy, people really enjoy it and Inevitably, people will be people won't always want to exercise and get involved in sport. Um, but if they can kind of feel involved with a sport and stuff like that, and you know they're interested in following a team, don't necessarily want to play it. I think fans sports will always have a, a loyal following. It's just interesting um, 
and I never really thought of this before in, until I look at your website, <laughs> Sports Performance Fan Engagement. And you said it before, it's a mouthful, but it, it says exactly what it is. And I never thought of and the, the, the convergence of the performance and fan engagement. So when you talk about the performance, are you looking at the performance of athletes or individuals? Um, what, what part of it that are you seeing the uptick in the, you know, in the engagement part of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I kind of sit down with the program and, and I kind of really think well, what, in a lot of ways, I kind of think, well, who, what, who would I like to, uh, to uh, hear from, you know, I think what are the really interesting stories? And I think it doesn't necessarily have to be an individual player. I mean, you know, looking at um, very broadly, you know, we have Formula One talking about um, how performance data is engaged with fans. And, you know, you see that in motorsport, you know, people that, you know, don't really know too much about cars or something will follow um, what's happening in Formula One and the pit changes. I'm sure you have it in NASCAR and stuff. Um, and then using that to engage with fans. But then you can also look at performance within um, uh, players and teams. And what I am bringing in San Francisco is a lot more stuff about um, some of these other sports like uh, US track and field um, and looking at individual athletes as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I suppose to answer your question in terms of what performance data we're looking at, we kind of look really um, – we very broadly right across the industry and we just look at very interesting stories about how you convert and every single you know way that you convert is different we have um, an organization called robo race um mm -hmm. that's speaking in uh, san francisco and they they don't have any athletes and or they have teams but they have artificial intelligence to drive um cars um, they, they, they're a competition that takes place uh, like a, I think it's just before the Formula E, you know, the LinkedIn Formula E. And it's basically how artificial intelligence can race cars. And they're completely autonomous um, race vehicles. And, um, you know, it's quite an interesting story because people are really into digital and um, artificial intelligence data can get really into that. Obviously, it's, you know, a way of progressing the technology as well. And I think that's just a really interesting story, you know, and, you know, how could you, build a, a fan engagement message around that you know how can you get people involved in that um so yeah i mean we don't really look at one specific thing but we just love um kind of really interesting stories and the more unique the better um i'm really um uh, there's a, a news article that came out uh, uh, this week about four people that had rode the atlantic um in 30 days um, and uh, it's called the whiskey something rowing ocean rowing race, and um, and it you know it got loads loads of engagement. You know people just think it's absolutely fascinating that thirty people have rowed across the Atlantic in that time. And and again you know that's another interesting story and stuff for how you engage with fans essentially through sport. You know we covered, uh, two years ago we had the Volvo Ocean Race, um, who you know it's a race around the world with yachts, and you're you're building a story there of how you can continue to engage with fans for months. I think the race time is like four months or something while every one of your athlete is a thousand miles from land in the middle of the Pacific. I mean, how do you keep the engagement up over that length of time? And that's a really interesting story, you know, and I think again, you know, a lot of these competitions can learn from that, you know, particularly even the off season or, you know, outside your big kind of events and stuff like that. It's very, very interesting. What are you seeing right now of in 2018? I mean, what would you say that's emerging in the marketplace that whether it's an app or some type of technology, software, or even hardware with VR, what what things that you are really excited about seeing? 
that you're oh, hearing about. Yeah, that is that is a good question. I think the thing is we're we're becoming kind of a watershed moment for a lot of kind of technologies. Um, mm. I read some stuff about VR, and you know, a lot of people, and I, you know, I pitched it a lot to people that saying how you know people from India or something can feel like they're inside Old Trafford. You know, when they sit and put the VR thing in. But then mm. a lot of people said, yeah, well, you get restricted views and stuff, and you have to look about the kind of walk around headsets and stuff like that. And um, so certainly that that will become a little bit more prevalent now. You know, as headsets get more um, uh, kind of adopting and you have a bit more of a social interaction with people um, mm. with these headsets. Um, but I suppose if I'm going to talk about one technology, I, again, I would have to go back to this. Um, this mass participation, I think, you know, I think Catapult are onto something about, you know, I grew up in Ireland and, and they've got a competition called the GAA, which is amateur, purely amateur sport. And it, it, everyone follows it in the in the country. You know, it's a huge sport in the uh, in the country. It's, um, you know, hurling and Gaelic football and it's, it's amateur. And um, and I think people get involved with it because they're very kind of, you know, they can go out and play it. They don't feel like removed. You know, it's not these kind of elite kind of people. And I think that's a very interesting story for people. And um, when we talk about performance data and, and, you know, fan engagements and stuff like that, it's always kind of framed in this pro sport kind of bubble. Um, and yes, you know, obviously people want to listen to Ronaldo or something like that. But then again, you know, if you had an office um, five aside football match or something, um, in the evenings, people might even also like to listen to the data about that um, or even like um, coaches, you know, to learn a bit more about um, their different play. You know, I'm talking literally like, you know, under 10s kind of football, learn a little bit more about, you know, who might need rehydration or something. like. That. I think that's a really interesting story. There's um, a very interesting, uh, it's slightly off, but there's a, a very interesting club in the London called London United. We had them speak last year, actually. Um, and they they pick their team based on kind of who votes for them online. Um, so the online community basically says, right, you should pick him as captain or him as the forwards. And um, it's got a huge following. Um, and, you know, these are just people that, you know, go out and play, you know, Sunday League football certainly started like that, you know. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting um, story. And, you know, a lot of people will disrupt that a little bit, you know, a lot of, um, you know, for their size as a, a big engagement stuff. So I think when people feel they're a bit more involved in it, um, they might feel a little bit more engaged. And again, I think that's a story for wearables and stuff like that is, um, you know, people kind of see a lot of wearables and stuff on a professional pitch. But I think if you could see it a little bit more kind of interactive, you know, we see it a little bit already with Strava and, you know, individual stuff. But I think that that'd be an interesting technology. Awesome. Well, how do people get a hold of you or how do they f sign up? Is there still uh, tickets available for the show in two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're almost at 500 people um, mm -hmm. for an event in, in San Fran, which, you know, is, is what we'd gone out to do. And, you know, we're, we're great. And then, um, yeah, there's still tickets available. Um, they are, they are flying off the shelf though. Um, <laughs> after Christmas, I tell you, it's going to be, it's, it's been, you know, real, real, but you know, everyone's come back in, but yeah, in terms, once again, touch on me. Um, I'm very active, obviously, on LinkedIn. Um, you've got my um, website up. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, drop me a note on, on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to get a, a hold of you as, as, soon as, um, as soon as I can. Um, but, again, you know, I'd just like to be connected with some interesting people. Um, I, again, you know, this, these summits have kind of been a really good to energize them. We think they'll grow and grow. Um, but I'm certainly interested in talking to um, groups that are looking at um, – 
building some interesting um, fan engagement and content around, um, you know, a story, particularly endurance sports is something I love doing. Um, and it's certainly something that I'd love to get more involved with, um, you know, outside of my conferences as well as um, getting people involved within them. So Nick Longworth, look him up on his social media platforms. Definitely reach out to him on LinkedIn and take a look and connect with this guy because he's a mover and shaker in the industry. He's the founder of Sports Data Summits. Um, so the next one, San Francisco, January 30th through the 31st. Yeah. Sports Performance Data and Fan Engagement Summit. That's not, you know, that's not that long of a title for an event. Yeah, <laughs> three, right? That's, that's how we refer Yeah, yeah. And you don't leave anybody guessing. That's the great thing. No one's guessing on exactly what that is because it says yeah. it in the title. Yeah. So, so cheers. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for your time. And it really was fun. I, I learned a lot from this conversation. And uh, thanks for sharing everything with you, uh, with with our uh, with my community out there. And I know they certainly appreciate it. So uh, the best of luck to you. And I, I hope I certainly get to, um, you know, show up at one of your events sometime soon. Maybe yeah. somewhere, when you do Miami in January next year, I'm there. Oh, brilliant. I, I love Miami. I've run a couple of conferences in Miami. I love Miami. So it's great talking to you, Nick. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Cheers, mate. Thank you.